2: If your child or adolescent has scoliosis or another orthopedic condition, Mount Sinai experts can help. Our advanced, minimally invasive treatments make recovery faster, reducing pain and scarring. We've assisted thousands of children in leading active, happier lives, and we can do the same for your family. We ensure that each of our young patients feels welcome, comfortable, and receives the most expert care available. Explore more about Mount Sinai Pediatric Orthopedics at mountsinai.org
1: scoliosis. In the South, it's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long southern sports today proudly presents the chuck oliver show it's an inside look at everything college football now live from atlanta georgia it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football chuck oliver on southern sports today a power five program
3: has an opportunity to change its direction within a few seasons and it's likely to whiff. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Wednesday. <clears throat> and Duke is a smart school. And, and there's a category there, okay? And it, so it's capital S, capital S, uh, smart school. And if you take out your yellow legal pad and your black ink pen, and I say, all right, um, in fact, Dan, Take out your yellow legal pad and your black ink pen and start writing down the smart schools who play D1 football. Just give me some of them.
2: Mm, smart schools. Uh, Rice. Bing, Virginia. Ding, Michigan.
3: Bing. North Carolina. Now, okay, great. Fantastic. He gave me, I think, a couple of private and a couple of public there. So, whatever. Uh, actually, maybe three public because Virginia's public, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, whatever. So So, fantastic. You know what the smart schools are. Now, it doesn't mean if you didn't go to a it doesn't mean if you didn't go to a smart school that you don't have a good degree. I've told you there's another category where I went giant public state school. All right, that's it. David, our engineer. He went to giant public state school. Um, Dan, you went to private school, right? Did liberal arts. There you go. Boom. Um, so if you go wherever you go, but I got a great degree. And you could even go to Sneed State Junior College or Sneed State Community College. I'm not even sure what Sneed State is. I can't promise you Sneed State is still open. But there are individual schools in every, you know, I've joked before, and I mean it harmlessly, but if you went to Louisville, you don't take it that way. I've, I've called Louisville 13th grade. And that when you turn down West Virginia, but then in your next breath took Louisville, I'm like, what are you doing, ACC? You're just pretending now. Um, but you can go to Louisville, and it's it's a perfectly fi- giant public state school. And there are individual schools in there that are as fine an education as anywhere. But I've said, like, at my alma mater, engineering, vet, um, there are individual schools, um, certainly journalism. There are individual schools that are, you know, University of Georgia journalism. Dairy Sciences at Clemson. But then there's the smart schools where it doesn't matter what you graduated with. It's just a degree, man, that somebody says, oh, like I said, I went to Giant State Public School, which has a fine reputation. Dan's brother went to North Carolina. That's different. It's just different. You know what it is. Duke is a smart school and it has decided it can only hire a smart coach. Have you seen the the three finalists or targets or maybes or possibles? Tony Elliott, Jason Garrett, Mike Elko. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, if you're David's age, he's 27, 7, 8, 28. Ah, I'm always behind. Um, you probably don't know a lot. of. I've talked about Tom Landry before in reference, especially with Chris Landry. Uh, Not related, but I've talked about Tom Landry before. Tom Landry just invented stuff. Tom Landry was a defensive back. I don't think he played offense. I think he was a defensive back. They used to call him a defensive halfback uh, for the New York Giants. And this was like early to mid-50s. And so he's like 24 years old. And if I'm remembering correctly, wasn't Vince Lombardi an assistant on that staff? Okay, Well, that's great. Tom Landry is in like his second year, and he's basically running the defense. So he just invented things. Anybody can be a great football coach. I would prefer you have the brain power of Tom Landry. And if you're David's age and you don't know a lot about the details of Tom Landry, just go Wikipedia your computer. I'm telling you, you will be fantastic fascinated by everything you see this weekend in the nfl and you go oh my gosh that's tom landry um so tony elliott who is he he is the remaining half of the uber successful duo elliott and scott from clemson uh jeff scott already went solo tony elliott did not have a good season or the offense didn't. Do you do we know anything about Tony Elliott other than, hey, it's not the same since Jeff Scott left? Do we know about Tony Elliott? There's a chance that when he was at because he was a walk on wide receiver, there's a chance when he was at Clemson, he was the smartest athlete there. He was an academic All American, got a postgraduate scholarship, blah, 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 blah. He's just off the charts. He's the guy that when he walks into QT, he says, No, I don't play the lottery because of it, and he starts you know, he's that guy. He's smarter. He's the smartest guy in the room in almost every room, and it's and he may be an uh, just an uber head coach. Jason Garrett, he was Princeton, correct? Okay, if you've ever been around Jason Garrett, and I have just a couple of times, and I don't know him, I've never even spoken to him. But I've been around him. I asked Dan because Dan, I mean, he's a Cowboys fan, media out there in Texas. He was like, dude, just about as he every. It's a four and a half to a five and a half. That's where he is, scale of 1 to 10.
2: Milk toast is what I said.
3: Jason Garrett at Princeton. Um, Mike Elko, I think he was Penn. And Now, see, Mike Elko, I'm really looking forward to him being a head coach somewhere. The point is, if a university decides to get serious about football, it can do two things, amend academics and then spend its way into prominence, and that's true. You have to open the gates to enough athletes you do because you just need a bigger pool to draw from. And I'm not saying, um, you know, four years at Duke and I have no transferable credits. I'm saying just amend it a little bit, maybe. And then you can spend your way to prominence. That, That part's true. If you have access to athletes... See, if you're Mississippi State and you don't have those same academic, you can spend your way to prominence if you have the money. I'm talking about schools who can both get the athletes in and have the money to spend. That means if you're a smart school and you're not succeeding at football, it's because you have chosen not to. Look at the endowment as an ultimate measuring stick of your alumni wealth, not as something you can dip into because that's not what it is. The endowment is the endowment, and then you draw interest on it and you use it to add to the endowment as well as spend. I'm gonna give a million dollars to my school and I want it I want to fund an endow a scholarship with this endowment. So that's why I say it's just a general measuring stick. I told a story before. I did a I did color on Rice Marshall, and I got my hand slapped uh, because in the pregame I said, yeah, the biggest difference between these teams isn't their rank in rushing yards; it's their endowment. I think Marshall was eighty million, and Rice was I don't know six billion, maybe. Stanford. Do you have any idea what they're in doubt? 29 billion, 29 billion. You can't use that to build a new stadium or a uh, recruiting lounge or give the head coach a helicopter, but that's a measuring stick of your alumni wealth. And at some point Stanford decided, you know what? Let's succeed at football. And for the most part, they have Notre Dame, 12 billion. They haven't amended academics enough as Paul Hornig in a very crude way, he had comments about that. But the point was, I, he, I want more athletes available to my my uh, head coach. The next school down that you say Northwestern, and I'm talking about a school that either plays Power Five football like Stanford, Notre Dame, and Northwestern, or is right on the edge. They're a group of five, whatever. Northwestern, eleven billion. Can't use it on a new stadium, can't use it on nobody in college usually builds a new stadium unless you're UCF and you're playing them in that that ashtray, the citrus bowl, and you're like,, mm, let's do our own thing. Northwestern, eleven billion. It's a general measuring stick of the university's alumni base. Do you know who's next? Duke After that, Vanderbilt, after that, rice. I'm talking about schools. That play either what we used to call D one football. Uh but they're 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 one of the hundred and thirty that aren't succeeding in football. And I'm telling you right now, Duke, they're a smart school. Everybody on here is a smart school so far. Notre Dame, my gosh, smart school. Rice, smart school. Every one of these choosing to not they're not choosing to fail, I'm saying they're choosing to not succeed because they simply don't care enough. It is not. I'm not even going to say enough of a priority. It's not a priority. So, as the ultimate measuring stick of your alumni wealth, that means that you have the ability to spend. You also have the ability to increase the recruiting pool, and I don't mean to devalue. Every single degree that's ever walked off the campus in Durham, I'm not saying that. You know, when you watch an SEC game and two thirds of the starting lineup, they used to give majors. Do do they don't do that ever anymore? Do they? Do, do y'all remember that, Dave and Dan? It used to be they would show the five pictures and say the left tackle, and they would give his major. Do you know how much either what continuing education or early childhood education? Like, you'd be watching an SEC, half the offensive line be SEC, uh, yeah, early childhood education. At Auburn, we called it cut and paste. You'd sit in the floor, pass the book around. I was in a class because I was an English literature major and I had to take all education classes. I sat in the floor, read from a book, passed it to the person next to me. Now, a couple of smart schools, Georgia Tech and Tulane, Dan, Tulane's smart school, right? Incredibly. All right. Georgia Tech and Tulane, they really chose to not succeed. When they withdrew from the Southeastern Conference, do, do we know why Georgia Tech did? Their fruit of the loom's gotten a twist over Bear Bryant and um, taking football too seriously. That, that's, that, by the way, that's Bobby Dodd's words. And also academics. Since you're giving too many scholarships to kids, it's just a football, it's like a tryout camp in August. And then Tulane, anybody like one, we're on in Louisiana, so there's a yes here, and Mississippi, maybe even Dan knows. Show of hands, who knows why Tulane left the SEC? Who knows? Tulane decided it could be Notre Dame. Not made up. Tulane president, when they left in 65 or 6, Tech was the year before. I think it was 65 when Tulane left. Tulane president, the comment was, we become a national university. We should stop being limited by a regional football schedule. He said we need to be we need to play a national schedule instead of playing Mississippi State and Alabama. We need to be playing Southern Cal and Notre. He said that that's not made up. So they made the ultimate choice for that. And now Duke, hey, we can only hire the smart coach. I don't know. Go hire the seven million dollar a year coach. How about that? You know why you can do that? Because you got. The money.
1: the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show my god what an honor thank you for everyone that's showing up today so many people that i had a
2: chance to play with or coach or mentor um this is incredible it's just the beginning.
3: Time to go to work. As Mario Cristobal's comments, as he was introduced down in Coral Gables to the assembled media, uh, I have to, to mention, and I try not to get into the, the muck and the Twitter and memes and hey, let's point and laugh, et cetera, because there's so many, there's just so many, so many folks who feel the need to swing at every pitch. That that there, it's easier to just walk around something, you know. You don't have to stop. But what happened with Miami yesterday? That this on them, the university's media relations core. Before Mario Cristobal came out, and he was either finding the orange tie or the green tie, because you always got to find the tie. Um, before Mario Cristobal came out, did did we see the request? Not even the request, the demand. All right, Coach Cristobal will be coming out. Um, We're going to ask everyone no questions regarding how he came to be the Miami coach. No, Dan, did you not see this? That's ridiculous. Uh, what was going to be the first question? Why did you take this job? How did this, un- literally somebody's like, all right, we're going to tell everyone here because suddenly I saw like 15 tweets from people in the room. Normally, uh, if it's stuff that's just, you know, taking needless shots at either a coach or a president or whomever, I'm like, eh, I'm not even going to get into it. That's just amateur night. That's silly. It's not realistic. We're about to bring Mario Cristobal out here. You would ask with any coach that might be, so how did this unfold? What was the timeline? When did you first have contact? Just to fill in blanks. With how it went with Manny Diaz? You're dang right it was going to be the first question. All right, uh, Coach Cristobal, he's going to be out here in about a minute and a half. We're going to say, though, no questions about how he was hired, just his visions for the program. Okay, we're good. All right, Coach Cristobal, give it up. That's not made up. I, I've never worked in media relations in my life, and I know that that's not how you do it. I mean, are you did you raise part of the money you raised? Do you student interns now? Or is there somebody um, in the employee of the university in charge of that stuff? Dan, how are you?
2: The only other thing I can think of, and this is not drawing comparisons between the two, because one is an an extreme example, and the other one is just what you just mentioned, is remember when the Sandusky news broke at Penn State? They were going to make Joe Paterno available to the media, and they tried to tell the media you cannot ask about it. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, no, like he is directly in the middle of all of this. And you're going to try to tell us, hey, let's talk about Nebraska this weekend. coach. Because
3: protesting outside. Uh, You got an injury at safety? (laughs) Uh,
2: Exactly. I mean, it's it's a, are are you seriously going to be that codpiece in that room? Hey, uh, Coach, tell us about uh, Nebraska's secondary. We really want to know about Uh the Cornhuskers and what they do on defense. It's ridiculous on all levels, and you need to be better than that. That's just completely not even living in reality. So that's on them, I guess they want to deal with that but one way that they can get it back is if they add joe brady because i am seeing this out here and i look at a guy like tyler van dyke and think uh, joe brady could really do wonders for this guy in terms of being able to help him out with the rpo game and be able to get that miami offense to the next level because i think if nothing else there is an opportunity here we see what is happening in the acc at the moment it is up for grabs and if miami can just get a little bit more explosive on offense Maybe all of a sudden we're talking about a 9-10 win team.
3: Yeah, and the other story is where does Jake Garcia go if if he goes anywhere? Um, Again, it is free agency at the quarterback position, that is for sure.
1: Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today.
3: Most wonderful time of the week. Bottom of hour one on a Wednesday. And I'll use this phrase quite a bit, and sometimes it's true. Like yesterday, I mentioned Butch Davis, and I said, close personal friend of mine. Um, It's true. I'll say with Butch Davis Uh, with this next guest, it's so much more than that. Uh, He's a professional resource. Uh, Our next guest is actually a tax write off for me because I pay for the membership. It is one of two places that I tell you it's worth opening your wallet for LandryFootball. dot com. I want to welcome on the namesake right now. Chris, how are you, brother? Chuck doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, let's jump right into this. And Florida has its coach, and Florida State already had its coach, and now Miami has its coach. Um, I've got a big picture to go to, but just tell me where Miami is right now with Mario Cristobal versus maybe a week ago, month ago, a year ago with Manny Diaz.
0: I think what they hope, and at this point what I see is the potential to maybe – gain some traction in recruiting that they've lost over the years. Now that's, that's what Mario does. Well, not that Manny didn't, but Mario is that's his specialty. So that's, that's kind of the mission, the reason why you bring him in. And so he's got to bring that back. That's what they're trying to do. It's why they're spending all that money. And uh, he's been around places where not only you learn how to do it, but what commitment level resource wise, you need to have it, at work because he was there and it's not just well he was there when it was working no he now knows he knows how to do it from a recruiting standpoint he did it at Oregon he's going to have to do it here and I, you know you can question his coaching ability but it's all about recruiting it's all about putting together a staff well, and- he
3: knows how to hire doesn't he
0: Look, I mean, he's done those things very well, and that's what they need because you, there is a path there. I mean, it is a cleared path, a bulldozed, cleared path to go right to the top of that division in the ACC, and nobody bothers to get on it and ride the tractor through it because it's just, you know, everybody's mediocre. And Miami lost their way. They owned South Florida for a long time. And Urban Meyer killed that. He went in there and got it, and they never got it back. Now, Florida didn't keep it, but Alabama and Ohio State, everybody else went in there. So now they've got to get that back. And I don't know how effective they're going to be because, look, you you let a lot of time go, and it's not going to be as easy to keep those kids in South Florida now as it was back then because they're – Everybody is aware of everything now. Hey, the place to go is, you know,
3: American Heritage.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just it's 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 Alabama, St. It's, Thomas, it's whatever. You know, it's just do those kids are going to want to go to places that they know more about and believe more about. So that's going to be Mario's job to convince it. Hey, look, this was once great, and here's why, and this is what we're going to do. So he's going to have to um, channel his inner Howard. All right.
3: So uh, who? That is a that is a bold declaration because he basically saved the program. And if you look at where they are right now, I mean they're listing. I mean they're just kind of, you know, floating along. If they were in a decent division, it wouldn't even be 7 and 5. I agree with you on that. Um but I, so I want to expand it now then because I have a big picture question. Um as I said, Florida State, they just got their new coach last year. Uh Florida has a new coach last week. Different details, but I think it's the same arrogance that has left all three of those major college programs just trying to keep up. I think it was – and you and I have talked about this a little bit. There was an attitude at all three places, facilities, Bill, we don't need any of that. We're going to put you in the league. And I think that they got very chest out, and all three of them have been uh, banned the penalty for years now.
0: Yeah, and y- when you get behind, you're, you can – You get so far behind that you never quite catch up. So if you're Florida State, you you don't even look like you're competing on the same level as Clemson, facility-wise in which you do. If you're Miami, same thing. if you're Florida, you don't look like Alabama. You don't look like Georgia. Look, I went through it at LSU back in the day when nobody had facilities. Of the 10 schools, we had the worst. The Mississippi schools, Vanderbilt, had better facilities than we did. And it was that, well, you've won here. You've won three out of five sec titles without it. Why do you need it? Well, that was an era where it wasn't the biggest thing, but you do need it. And now you absolutely need it. So when they talk about, well, we're building this and it's really nice now and look, yeah, that's great. But they've been having this at other places for years and years and years. So you're playing catch up and they're so far, it's like, you know, it's like a horse race and, They're, you know, they're they're not – they're kind of in the back stretch and you're you're out of the gate and you're at the first turn. So, you know, you're going to need some help and you're going to need some patience, something no one has today, to begin to catch up. Just because you have caught up and are better than you have been over the past, say, 10 years, doesn't mean you're as good as the people you're recruiting against. And that's what they've got to, I think, correct because – It has been a lot easier for folks to leave the state of Florida and say, I'm going to go somewhere else. And because there are more of a commitment there because when I go over there, they got more bells and whistles. Kids love bells and whistles.
3: Oh gosh, Dabo decided that North Florida was like South Clemson. I mean, he did everything but open an SO club in Lake Butler. I mean, he just literally he was like, "Oh, we're gonna own that," and he decided to go down there and make it a priority. And he's made a living part of why they're they've been a championship team. Uh, talk about Clemson though, where we are right now. Their coaching staff. Are they going to lose? Uh, the other half of Elliott and Scott uh, to Duke, um, he's going he's gonna to lose his AD, or they already did lose his AD. Um, just walk through Dabo, because for a program that was built on stability and structure, that's not what it is today.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious to see uh, what he's going to do. I mean, I, you know, he might. Sounds like he might go ahead and promote Wes Godwin on the defensive side. Well, we'll see. Uh, the offensive side, obviously, uh, we'll we'll see what Tony does. I don't know. The Duke situation is certainly a possibility and maybe a strong one. This is going to be the challenge for him, um, for Dabo. Uh, we've talked about it. His ability to hire well and, and the stability with the money, and uh, that has kept that program where it is um dabble's a a sales guy i mean he can sell guys kids and coaches on it uh, on the the opportunity and he delegates but if you if you delegate wrong or if you hire the wrong guy then you're not all that successful and you take a step back so as we kind of talk about like miami and florida state that's that's one way to help you is if clemson comes back to the pack a little bit and i know this year they did uh it could be more of the same and you're seeing a lot of Dan Levin and, you know, the leadership I, I think there is something we're gonna have to watch because it's not, well, Dabble's there, it's fine. Dabble's there, he's gotta find the guys to make it fine because he's not someone that can coach the coaches. He's gotta hire someone and delegate and that's a different that's a different ass. That's a different hire. And so he's gonna have the money and resources to do it. But getting the right guys are, are going to be you got to you got to choose right, just like in recruiting. You can you can get a lot of guys, but the sales part may be innately built in. But you got to make the yep. right selections.
3: You know, just like we were talking, you know, American Heritage or you know IMG or you know Mark Richt and Saban, everybody found their way down there. Um, everybody found their way to Virginia beach over the last about decade too. Um, am I still thinking too much of the Virginia job or is, because, or, or is it the fact that they don't really own, because I'm telling you, Newport news and Roanoke, all of that stuff, man. Um, there was really good recruiting in that state and now it just gets picked clean and Virginia doesn't get it.
0: Yeah. You know, the only time where they've really made an impact in recruiting. Getting those type of players was um, when my good friend Al Groh was there and some of the members of his staff. They got some. Was Al Golden you, on that staff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you had a, a, quite a few of them, and they they went out and got those guys. Now Virginia is one of the great you know public institutions academically, and they kind of consider themselves kind of a national. They consider themselves kind of Dukeish public Ivy w- without the – Yeah, you know. So I don't know um what Brent's gonna do I think certainly um that's what they have to do but a lot of those guys really can't you know some of the guys in that area of which we speak um are not necessarily the guys that would do academically what you would expect them to do at Virginia now Virginia Tech has been a little bit more open to getting some of those guys and so uh at least under Frank they were able to you know, no disrespect, but some of those guys were academically not the typical Virginia Tech students, but you could have exceptions. How much are they willing to do that at Virginia? Look, they hired Bronco because he could craft more out of less. Um, how they go about it, my my sense is that they're going to continue to do that, and they like that because they they like being able to get that type of guy and that type of a profile coach and students. So I don't know that they're going to change that. And that's going to determine the answer to your question of where they can go and, and, you know, get some of those guys that, uh, that probably would help them football wise, but may not be ideally students at the UVA.
3: Jason Garrett, a thing for Duke, maybe.
0: I don't know. I mean, certainly uh, I don't, to me, um, I don't see that as a, a great fit personally, I think that's a little bit of a name and a little bit of a grabbing. I, you know, to me, that's a place where you've got to understand college football culture. I don't know that Jason is is attached to that as much. I think they need to be really careful and not overthink this. There's some good coaches that want the opportunity. I think they've made a little bit more of a commitment facility wise, relatively speaking for Duke. Um go get your good coach you said we talked about with Virginia go get your good coach that can develop and get a lot out of a players and understand how to recruit and evaluate I don't think that's Jason personally I think there's some guys in college that would be better fits
3: that is what you get from Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com among other things we're going to take a break come back talk more college football next
1: to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show.
3: I ain't coached a game in 20-something years, and and even I know that it starts and ends with the quarterback. That used to be true in the NFL. It's true in college to a large degree now. Um, And Like Rich Rodriguez, worst thing he ever did at Michigan is he showed up looked at Ryan Mallett, who was an NFL guy. He's like, yeah, get lost. I got nothing to do with you. I can't do anything with you. I'm going to run these plays with like Tate 4 or Nick Sheridan. Um, LSU has now lost both of its starting quarterbacks. Miles Brennan announced he was tr- going to portal after Ogeron um, was, uh, it was agreed he wasn't going to be the coach. And now after Brian Kelly's hired, Max Johnson has decided I'm going to portal as well. I don't know if they met Max Johnson's like, mm, this offense doesn't fit me or Brian Kelly's like, yeah, you don't fit what I want. I can't imagine that's the case. He's an experienced quarterback with a lot of talent. Oh, yeah, and they got a bowl game where if Garrett Nussmeyer takes one snap, it costs him his entire year. So, unless they're going to run, like, single-wing stuff from the 40s, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Someone who may from LandryFootball.com. Let's get back into it with Chris Landry. Chris, a lot to download there. Uh, First of all, what was the conversation and who decided, yeah, Max Johnson doesn't fit here?
0: (laughs) Well, they did – he certainly met with – Brian Kelly, that is, has met with a number of players. I would assume the quarterbacks were pretty high, if not number one, on his list, depending on their schedules and, of course. Um, So I would just take that as uh, it didn't go quite – the. here's my sense of it, is that no one's going to be promised a starting job. You're going to have to earn it. And I think sometimes in today's world, some guys think that they've, look, I won the starting job. It should be my job and somebody needs to beat me out of it. And well, the new head coach is kind of the attitude, look, nobody, what is done here in the past is in the past and I'm going to start it from scratch and everyone starts over with me. And I, I don't think that probably went over very well and, and led to maybe a decision of, it's probably best if I move on. It'll be interesting to see what he can do with bringing in a quarterback and, and for Max where he might go. He might consider going to Florida State, some other places. It's going to be interesting. The ball game, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. But beyond that, I think what's real interesting is what he's going to be able to do. He's got Walker Howard coming in. But now you're talking about an opportunity for a true freshman to have a real big impact uh, I would think they'd be somebody that would enter into the mix, uh, at least in terms of uh, you got to have better depth than what else you currently has. So, you know, Brian will work that, and he has a certain temperament and ideas of what he thinks quarterbacks should look like.
3: Staff getting fleshed out?
0: Yeah, it is. You know, Frank Wilson's a really good addition. Um, he's essentially, I mean, he is, for people who don't know who Frank Wilson is, he's a longtime New Orleans native high school coach. He's coached Uh, in a lot of places, including Tennessee with Lane and Ed and those guys. He was the head coach at McNeese State. um, Had a UTSA
3: gig for a minute, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and he, um, I thought, was a fast-track guy. He he really did a good job over there before Jeff came in and has done an even better job. So he's going to be the assistant head coach. And essentially, without maybe saying it, this to to describe his duties, he's basically going to be the chief recruiter and kind of the face of LSU recruiting, because that's kind of his strength. Relationships, he knows every nook and cranny of the state. You know, Brian doesn't. Brian is a very good closer in recruiting. He's a very good overseer. But Frank will be the guy that's going to eat, sleep, drink every hour of the day recruiting, which Brian is going to be the head coach, and we will pick his spots on where he's going to be in recruiting and whatnot. And Frank's going to do the heavy lifting there, you know. So that's how it's. And then, of course, the rest of the staff will be filled out accordingly. Um, so recruiting is going to be obviously a critical element of having the right contacts, and he'll have enough of those guys with, along with guys that he wants to bring in. You've seen him come in; most everybody as a head coach wants to bring in their strength coach. There's no two people that need to be more aligned than the head coach and the strength coach. And it is almost always, you bring your own guy. Now for Les Miles and for Ed Orgeron, they were told Tommy Moffat stays, but Brian Kelly has more control and more say, so that's been given to him. And, you know, it's not that Tommy didn't do a really good job over his career, but that position because they're so closely entwined with the players all year long that the head coach doesn't want to have uh, let's get to know you type. You know, it has to be somebody that I know real well because oh, yeah. that's that's going to tell you exact who is on board, who are the workers. Who's, when you can't be around them, the strength coach lives with those guys. So those type of things are being implemented right now.
3: All right, last week, um I, I I was correct in my uh my charge for um Doug Marone and 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 O'Brien and Saban. I was like, if they can block it up on the right side, then, then Bryce Young will have a chance to be Bryce Young and then we got a ball game. Now I knew that's what they needed to do. I didn't think that there was a way to get that done. Um, just give me uh, you explain it. You watched the game.
0: Well, neither did I. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see it being executed to the degree that it was. The thing that that I, I did know, and and I think that maybe people may not be as aware of a lot of them is that the, the Georgia's edge rush pressure is not their strength. It, it's the the A and B gap pressure that they're a little bit better at. I'm very surprised because I thought defensively they would bring more pressure. Manufactured pressure, but pressure nonetheless. They did a poor job of that. I thought that Alabama had a really good – they had greater emphasis with their backs and tight ends and protections. So they said, we're going to give the quarterback time, and we feel our receivers, particularly one in, in particular, that can beat single or double coverage. And if we give the quarterback time, we will be able to formation and get guys open and we'll get some big plays. And they did it. I'm very surprised that Georgia gave them that time by not bringing extra pressure because that's what AM did. That's what LSU did. Auburn. That's what Auburn did. Yeah. You know, they didn't they didn't follow that. And on the other side – And when did
3: Auburn get in trouble? When they – all right, we're going to back off now. We're going to play some did. zone.
0: They did, and they got beat at the end. And I think that that's where Georgia got trouble. And I think that Georgia got into the – we're the better team. We don't need to game plan as much for this opponent. We just need to game plan for what we do well. And I think that they, in their belief that they were better, they, they, they look, you've got to play better, you know, and the fact that you dominate people, they, they, were, they did not adjust in game plan well enough for Alabama. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with enough time to get ready for Michigan. And then if, again, Alabama, on the offensive side, they did a very poor job of scheming their receivers open. I I didn't see any separation at all. So they didn't do a good job of trying to create matchups. It was kind of a, you know what, we're better. We're just going to do what we do and beat you in not as much regard for the fact that maybe this team was as – good as they were maybe they got lulled into you know what we're we're really a lot better this year so let's not screw it up let's do what we do which tends to be kirby's mo but he just underestimated how much better he is or not against Alabama. And I think it caught him.
3: Even two of the touchdowns. I might remember like Lab McConkie. He made somebody miss and then just sprinted to the end zone. And Darnell Washington, that was, hey, I'm 6'7 and you're not. I mean, that wasn't necessarily a chess match sort of thing. Um, Chris, we got a minute left. Tell people if they make the choice, I do. Go to LandryFootball.com. Say, hey, wait a minute.
0: It says click here for 50% off. If they join, what do they get? They get all the film room breakdowns of all these games. So it's the college game. It's the pro game. We like to say if it involves players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college and NFL level – that's what we provide for you. So, like, we'll have a breakdown of all of these bowl games right now. I'm putting an in-depth breakdown of the four playoff teams. Roster analysis, everything. But all the bowl games, every single one of them, we'll have broken down for you. Obviously, all the NFL games, all the news and notes, all the coaching search information, uh, everything you'd want from uh, soup to nuts on football recruiting obviously a week away, signing day, the draft, you name it. It's all at landryfootball.com. Take advantage of it. It's a it's less than $10 a month cheaper than that on a year membership. So take advantage of it today. Great holiday gift for you or someone that you love.
3: Yeah, and and you know that marketing phrase, value at twice the price. It literally was twice the price and uh it was a value then it's the 50 percent off you see the banner over there on the website so chris i appreciate you coming
0: on brother seven more days thank you so much duck take care
3: all right chris landry landry football.com yeah and it was scheme it was, i said on monday i got three of saturday th- summary three words you got out coached that's exactly what it was um the players didn't suddenly you know i put on 30 pounds of weight this week and boy my you know, technique got even better um, no, it was a different plan and different positions, different spots to put those kids in. And then the kids went out there and executed. It. And so they get the ultimate credit. Just a tremendous outcome for Bama.
4: Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Jumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere,